You are listening to The Mystic Show, episode 174. to relax. Because you know when you relax, you learn a lot more. Your brain functions much better. Welcome everyone to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran. I'm happy you're able to join me. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation. The very meaningful things in our lives. That's what we talk about. The unseen things. The otherworldly aspects. The purpose of this show is for you and I to move forward on our spiritual path and grow and evolve spiritually. Of course, you're not going to achieve much growth listening to this show, but... You'll be inspired to maybe practice meditation or practice something that helps you actually grow spiritually. If you practice the best of what we talk about, it'll make a big difference in your life. New episodes are released every Friday morning, and you can hear us as a podcast everywhere on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and our website, themysticshow.net. We also have behind the scenes emails you can receive every week. We'll send you an email every Friday with a little behind the scenes info of the show and a little link to the current episode. And what's cool is when you sign up for that email list, you get an audio project that I made called Relax with Rumi. And uh, Rumi was a 13th century Persian poet. And I picked out some really good Rumi quotes and put it over relaxing music and it's 47 minutes of audio it's really cool you can download it free just sign up for the behind the scenes emails on the mysticshow.net there's a link in the show post and a real quick shout out to our sponsor our supporter pause your life facilitating meetups and retreats i actually talk with my guest a little bit at the very end of this interview it's not really an interview it's more like a chat I actually explained to him more in depth about Pause Your Life. So you'll hear more about Pause Your Life at the very end. The plan for this show? Well, I had a nice chat with one of the Mystic Show listeners. His name is Sean. He's from Vancouver. He emailed me with a question and I could tell that he was a sincere seeker. He is a sincere seeker. And I said, you know, let's have a chat. So we connected I recorded our chat and it was great. We got into a lot of different experiences he's had and a lot of questions he has and just sort of the evolution from religion to spirituality and what that means. A lot of really good, interesting things. He tells some good stories too. So, so let's jump right into my conversation with Sean. So you sent me an interesting email, Sean, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so I, my question, I think, went along the lines of how do you introduce people to, uh, you know, meditation in this whole, uh, say, quote-unquote, spiritual world? 
if they're afraid of the religious side of it because i think for a very long time for a very long time it's been kind of the two have been stuck together uh i think more and more today it's it's they're coming apart a little bit more people are or some people are able to present them separately which is i think uh probably you know more appealing to to, to some people for those who have a problem with with religion as a whole uh, so I was wondering what was what your take was on that. Yeah, I mean the whole spiritual but not religious thing has been around for a long time. Actually, in fact, I read an article on that. I should probably try and find that article when that started or that kind of thing. But yeah, religion has been so big for so long; it still is, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are in religions, and a lot of people love it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably the minority that is ready for the next level, graduating up to, you know, something more pure, something more internal, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's based on every every single person. So mm-hmm. it, it's up to each person. It depends where they are in their in their growth, you know. Yeah. If someone is at the beginning of their journey and they don't really know much, they don't understand much, they need some training. So actually Babaji Maharaj said that religion is like a kindergarten for spirituality. It's sort of, it's where we start, most of us, and it's where we learn that there's something called God and that there's some higher values and you know, grace or whatever you have. And then you have some idea of that. Yes, you're going to die someday. Then what? But like Vivekananda said, it's good to be born into a religion, but it's bad to die in one (laughs) because he realized that you need to start somewhere, but we need to grow and we need to grow a lot. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the, that's one of the characteristics of someone who kind of leaves religion behind and and goes into spirituality and meditation mm-hmm. is that they feel that there is a far distance to go there's a spiritual goal out there or an achievement or an attainment that they that they themselves need to become something more spiritual more divine and through their religion they don't see the way to achieve that whereas when you mm-hmm. meditate and you study with the masters then you're really getting somewhere yeah. So, so what's your, did you have uh, any issue with religion and did you make the move out of religion into spirituality? I, I, I don't think I ever had a, an issue with it. Um, I was, I was raised, I went to, I went to church when I was a kid, a Catholic church and I went ah, to fellow Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I went to, what's it called? I'm I'm from I'm from Europe originally. I'm from Switzerland, uh, so I, I might not have all the all the words that I'm looking for. Mm. Um, this, it's a thing where you the kids go and they they kind of learn about God and in in a more uh, kind of I don't know friendlier way maybe I don't know how to how to word that Sunday school. Yes, Sunday school. Thank you. Yeah. So I did that as a kid. I don't think I ever really enjoyed it that much. And then as soon as my my mom. <laughs> didn't force me to go anymore I, I just didn't and then coming back to spirituality it, it, it took a while until I you know kind of met again with this with this uh, I'll say world 
uh, and and I feel like it's always uh, I'm always kind of in and out. I'm, I haven't been, uh, you know, fully consistent with with my practice, and I, I I go through phases, you know, where where it it, it holds a bigger part in my life. And then phases where it kind of fades away and other things take over. And I, I still always see it and feel it in the background. It's just not as prominent as, as it is at other times. And then... Right, which is pretty normal. I mean, that's the the law of uh, of rhythm. Yes, right. that makes sense. The tide yeah. goes in, the tide goes out. Yes. Our lives aren't constant. But let me ask you, let's just step back for a second to your Catholic religion, when you pretty much decided not to really be involved anymore, yeah, was that, was it because, were you like upset or angered by what was happening and you left or was it just that you weren't inspired or intrigued at all and you just kind of were bored with it and didn't understand it and left? I think I didn't see the value in it um, as a kid. Probably, you know, didn't, it didn't. I don't know. I, I don't think it made sense to me. And, you know, the, the idea that God is somewhere outside. And I've, I've, I think I've come to realize that it's a lot more inside than outside, you know, over the years. And, and especially the, you know, the past few years, I'd say, probably four, past four years. That's been really kind of a realization. It's that there's, there's definitely, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's just mostly inside. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I remember when I was a kid too in, in the Catholic church and this idea that there's some God sitting up in the clouds who's watching us and judging us and all this yes. was, I mean, that's that, to me, that was the one of the things that was like, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? And you know, again, here we go. Some people need an idea like that, a concept like that to help them to live a life, <laughs> to feel that there's somebody up there who's watching over them, taking care of them. And okay, yes, you know, some the person up there in the clouds might punish you if you do something bad, but they're also there to love you in a way. So some people need that. It, it's very difficult for many people to step into the world of spirituality because there's really nothing there. It's just you and the divinity in your heart, the connection to the universe in your heart. That's all there is. There's nothing else. There's no yeah. God anywhere. And, and and there's a bunch of work uh, waiting for you to be done on yourself. <laughs> well, oh, you mean you have to take responsibility for, for yes. what you what you are and how how you've created yourself? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I make a parallel with uh, you know with I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, so I make a parallel with with you know fitness and and exercise. Say you start and you, it's the first day of your life going to the gym. Uh, it's not going to be great. You're not going to you know look fantastic the next day. It's probably going to suck, really, and it's probably going to suck for a few weeks before you know you start you start finding your place and you start understanding how everything works. So I think it's, would you say that that's a, that's a fair, you know, assessment of, of how it kind of works at the beginning? Absolutely. It needs consistent practice. You need to be patient. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's really the only way that you get anything meaningful in life. It takes time and it takes work. Uh, and you ha you just have to, you just have to put it in. 
yes, absolutely. It's difficult in the beginning. And especially with meditation, it's on the mental level. I mean, having helped so many people start meditation over the last, you know, 10 years, I can tell you that everyone who starts meditation thinks that they should sit down, be completely thoughtless and be blissful. Yeah. And they're in for a rude awakening <laughs> or, or a rude unawakening, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then they get upset with themselves that, oh, I can't meditate. I mean, that's the worst thing to hear from a person. Oh, I'm not able to meditate. I can't meditate. What do you mean? Of course you are. You're human. You meditate all the time. Yeah. You just don't know it. You meditate on other things like money or your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, in the beginning, it takes effort and it can be a challenge. That's why choosing the right system and choosing the right guide is very important because you need to find a system or a practice that resonates with you that you feel like, yeah, this is it. I like this. And you have help because you need help. I think almost every person I ever taught meditation to, I asked them, have you tried to meditate before? Yeah, I tried on my own, but I couldn't do it. I mean, doing it on your own is very, very difficult, mostly for the, not even because it's difficult, but because you think it's difficult. Yeah. It's your own, it's their own mental block that says, Ooh, this is something difficult and I can't do it and yada, yada. It's just not true. I find that, uh, whenever I read books that have some spiritual aspect to it, it helps me connect to that world better. And then, and then makes makes things easier. What did I read? There was a, a, a great friend of mine. His name is Martin. He's in Morocco right now, uh, and we've, we we keep in touch. We we probably talk every six months, but every time we talk, it's three or four hours at a stretch. Great friend from from when I was in high school, and he he went pretty you know uh, in depth with his meditation. I think he practiced daily for at least an hour or two for, for two or three years. Uh, and he's, he's, he's now a, I don't know if you would, would you call it a guide or a teacher in a school uh, in, in Morocco for meditation. So he, he does guided meditations with, with groups. And so he's, he's kind of been my, my guide remotely and not you know consistently, but whenever I have questions about this world, I, I, I kind of go to him. He's my go-to guy, I'll say. Nice. And he sent me How to Know Higher Worlds from Steiner. Okay. Are you familiar with that book? I am not. I've heard of Steiner. I haven't read any of his work. Yeah, so very interesting book. And then the other one was, uh, I think the, the French title was, I think it was The Great Initiates, The Great Les Grands Initiates, I think it was in French. Uh, anyway, all these books, anytime I, I start reading them, I connect quite a bit with content and then that translates to my ed- everyday life where I, I notice more things, I'm more aware of what's going on. So that's kind of the pattern that I've seen. And and like I was saying, you, you were talking about the law of, of, of rhythm. I find that I'm kind of always looking forward to that next wave of quote-unquote spirituality coming in because I know it's I always enjoy it. I just, I just don't know when or how it's going to happen, but I think it's kind of neat to just let things happen and, 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 and see, you know, don't, don't try and force it. 
right. I, 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 if I try and force it, nothing happens. If I if I just let things happen, and, and then oh, if I feel like reading a book, I'll, I'll just read it, and then you know we'll see what what happens after that. Yeah, yeah, that's being natural for sure. Yeah, and it's so funny you bring up the fact that you look forward to the next wave of you know reading or you know, mental pleasure or, or emotional pleasure uh, with regards to learning more about spirituality and practicing it in your life. And that's actually a subtle, very subtle trap. The fact that we start looking forward to these, to certain experiences, because in reality, we shouldn't be really looking forward to anything because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, but maybe that's what makes it that's what makes it exciting, right? We, we don't we don't know. Oh, and and actually enjoying the the fact that we don't know what's going to happen, and I think that's that's something I've been I've been you know conscious about for a f- quite quite a few years now. I'd say that really you don't know what's going to happen, whether it's on the spiritual side or or on other things. Uh, and I, I'd say I, I've had a pretty good run so far. You know, I've had. Great parents, great childhood. Now have I'm married. I have a, I have a son. We have a, a family here in Vancouver. I've been lucky, you know. I've had I've had a great life so far. But at the same time, I don't know if it's kind of twisted in a way, but kind of just enjoying the fact that I don't know what's going to happen next. I, I I don't fear that. I really enjoy it, and it's both for the spiritual side and 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 the rest of it. Does is that weird? No, I like that. Well, it's not weird at all. It You can take that idea in two different ways. You know, the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. And that's sort of like the beautiful, mysterious adventure of life. You can take it, as most people do, with fear and say, yeah. oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. I have to do this. I have to make sure this. I have to control that. I have to desire that and all this stuff. And we run around frantically trying to create some future where we're comfortable <laughs> or, yeah. and pleasurable, whatever. The other way to take that statement that you don't know what's going to happen is with wonder mm-hmm. and adventure and with the trust that whatever happens is ultimately for your good. And that's, yeah. that's a deep one right there. So, it is. you know, we talk about spirituality. We talk about oneness. And I think it was Mystic Maria, my old friend who was on the Mystic show a long time ago. She said to me, look, is the universe perfect? And I said, yes. And she said, well, you're in the universe, right? I said, yeah. She said, then you're perfect too. Because how could anything inside of a perfect thing be not perfect. (laughs) Yeah. doesn't make sense. So whatever happens, whatever we experience is part of some existence that is good for us. And really it stems from the source, which is love and, and divinity. So there's really nothing to be afraid of. I think all of the negative consequences we face, we bring upon ourselves. And that's this idea of spirituality that you are a pure spark of divinity, your soul, and 
what happens is we cover up that pure spark with a bunch of junk. <laughs> and that's our thoughts and actions. Those are our impressions or samskaras. And we have to undergo the effects of those. So if you stick your hand into a fire for 10 seconds, your hand is going to get burned beyond belief. Yeah. Now, did God burn your hand? <laughs> no, you put it in the fire. If you drink three bottles of wine tonight, you're going to wake up tomorrow with a hangover and a, a nasty headache. Did God give you the headache? No. So those are very, you know, gross and mundane examples. We can look to more subtle things. The way you use your thoughts. You know, you know, if you enter a meeting or if you meet someone and you're having really bad thoughts, you're kind of negative and you're, you're angry and you're, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know that that meeting doesn't go very well <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. But if you walk in with even neutral thoughts, no real, maybe no thoughts at all, or maybe positive thoughts, the meeting just goes better. So we, by our thoughts and actions, we're actually creating our experience very much. Now, here's the catch. Habit. Unfortunately, we get sucked into habit and then we do the same thing repetitive over and over and then we keep getting the same results over and over and then we cry to the universe. What's happening? Why am I? What's wrong with me? Why is God treating me like this and all that? So that's the responsibility part. But the higher understanding that, look, we are pure beings. We are creative beings. We can create stuff. I used to use it as an example in my talks. Like, we can go in the woods. We can cut down a couple of trees. We can build a, a house. No animal can do that. No. I mean, that, that is serious creativity. We can, we can create. I mean, that is so profound. So this whole spiritual adventure really has roots really deep down. And like I said, with your statement, you don't know what's going to happen. You can take it with fear or with wonder and trust. And, and that's really our choice, right? Yeah. Like you said, our, our thoughts make what our experience is, right? So uh, we, and we, we have, we have, whether you, you know it or not, whether you think of it or not, you, we have full power on our thoughts. Uh, like you said, it's just a matter of, of practicing it. And I think it's, it's taken me, you know, a, a lot of years to, to realize this. And I think I've only come to, I'm still not, you know, fully in control, obviously. Uh, still have a lot of work to do. But I think simply being aware that, that that's the case. When I, when I feel myself, you know, getting angry or, or just having, you know, bad thoughts, uh, I, I notice it and I say, hey, what are you doing? And sometimes I can control it. Sometimes I can't. Uh, like you said, it's a matter of, of practice. But uh, I think simply that step of being aware of it, it makes it makes a big difference already. Absolutely. Because you're taking one step back. Yes. You're able yes. to look at yourself and say, oh, here's me yeah. and I'm in this situation and here's what happened. And okay, you can at least see it, observe it. Yeah. That's, that's been really helpful to, to be able to look at your thoughts, essentially, right? Realize that you are not your thoughts, that your thoughts come and go, and you can see them. You don't know where they come from, and you don't know where they're going, but they're there for a bit, and then they leave, but that's not you. 
<laughs> uh, you, you, you're, you're, you, you can actually literally, like you said, step back and look at them just pass in front of you. And I think if you can, if you can do this, you can then, you know, really control everything that's going on with yourself because you see that you're not, that they're, they're a part of you, but they're not you. They're, they don't define you. So you don't, you can decide whether you act on it, how you react to these thoughts as opposed to just, just feeling them right away. I mean, just, yeah, as opposed to being them, you, you can actually decide what to do with them. Right, right. And you bring up a, an idea. You know, when we're aware that our thoughts and our actions create our experience in life, when we, when we become aware that we are the creative force and we're creating our own experience, that's really good. And then you can start changing your life. You can start meditating and you can start working out physically, right? But here's the mm-hmm. thing. There's like a lag over. There's like a there's all these thoughts and actions from your past that you've had yeah. that like, let's say for the first three months that you're meditating and going to the gym, you're still undergoing the effects of your previous thoughts and actions from maybe even years ago. Yeah. So yeah. it, that's one of the things that is difficult about this spiritual path is that, okay, you might make a decision in the moment that, hey, I'm going to really do this. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to reach a spiritual goal. And that's good. However, it does take time for all those past thoughts and actions to to work be worked out in your life. Like you still mm-hmm. have to undergo some of those consequences even as you're moving forward on a on a really good and new path. Yeah, you do. And that discourages a lot of people because they say, "Well, I started meditating a month ago and it, I I still have to deal with this crap in my life." <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, yeah. but but again, another step back another higher awareness that look i'm just undergoing the effects of what i did before so let me undergo it let me get rid let me get through it and be done with it (laughs) then you'll move forward you won't be encumbered by all that stuff you'll be just free and clear you'll be able to you know what i mean you'll be you'll be free and in control of yourself yeah and in a sense it goes back to what you were saying before that you know the value of, of having a guide with you, somebody who can walk you through these steps because they know how what what happens. I think is 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 really. But but again, if if people, you know, people don't necessarily see the value in it until they've they've tried themselves, right? It's like people trying to get in shape and they try by themselves, but they can only do so much. They only know so much about how things work, and like you said, fall back into you know, old habits, but then having somebody there to hold them accountable, to provide support, to provide a bit of guidance of what's going to happen, how you're going to feel, what we're going to do about it, how you're going to react. All this will, will help you get through these harder times. And then, and then you can kind of, you know, pick up the ball and run, so to speak. (laughs) It's so funny. So much of what we need is just like a pat on the shoulder and someone to say, someone who we trust to say, it's going to be okay. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Think about that. Because that's what uh, Charaji said to us. He said, look, you do the practice, leave everything else to me. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, that's it's it. very true. Yeah. So, and, and it's not leaving it to him, the physical guide. It's leaving it up to whoever. The universe, whatever, right? 
yeah the universe i like I've, I've been using the word universe quite a bit lately but not not in the spiritual way talking about you know on, on the business side actually oh uh and and talking about trying to get as much good stuff out into the universe as far as you know helping people creating good content that helps others and you know it just comes back to not all, not all, always in the ways that you expect or you want and you know you, you don't have any control on the, on the timing and and how exactly it's happening but i think i think that's kind of a you you, you kind of get what you put in right uh, and yeah. i think that's that's a fair rule for for i think all aspects of life absolutely you mean if i have a farm and i plant corn seeds that means that corn is going to grow probably if you do it right and you know you put in the work <laughs> so wait if i put in corn seeds are tomato plants going to grow of course probably not, not probably not <laughs> um <laughs> no that's not that's a good uh i hadn't pl- I thought about it that way yeah planting um, seeds and we're we're continually planting seeds yeah but we don't necessarily know what's going to come out of them right I mean, if if you're a farmer and you've, you know, you read your labels right on your seed pack, you probably know. But I feel like, I feel like we don't always, we don't always know what's, what's going to come back. We we expect stuff to, to happen, but does that mean that it's going to happen exactly how we want it to and how we predicted it? I don't think so. I think that's much more random than, than we think. What's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, yeah. The results we get from our thoughts and actions are subject to so many other things. But mm-hmm. uh, the point I was making, and James Allen makes the same point quite often, is that you can't expect to plant corn and then reap tomatoes. So if you're a depressed person, angry, yelling at people, you can't expect to have a bunch of loving friends. I mean... It just whatever seeds we plant, we're gonna it. They're gonna produce their own kind, you know. Yeah, I, so, I, I agree. I, yeah, fully, fully agree with what yeah. was that. I think the the point that I was trying to make before is that it's not, you know, if just because you help that person doesn't mean that that person's gonna help you back. It might come from a kind of roundabout way where somebody else hears from you and then they help you somehow. That's that was kind of my point where you don't know where it's going to come back from. Absolutely. Uh, I, I yeah, I, I do think that you know you put out good stuff, good stuff comes back. You put out bad stuff, nothing comes back, or bad stuff comes back. That's, right. I, I fully agree with that. But then you know the exact way in which it comes back, that's not necessarily predictable. Exactly. Oh, right. Like you can plant a whole field full of corn, but you don't know. I mean, maybe there's going to be rain and a flood, and it's going to be all wiped out. We don't know. So, but we can, we, we are in control of the seeds we plant. Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your aim in your spiritual endeavor? I mean, are you, do you consider yourself like someone who's really on this path to becoming enlightened like the Buddha or is it more worldly? Like you just want to be more mindful and that kind of thing? I haven't, I haven't set. Uh, a precise goal for myself uh i think like um it's it's a journey right and it takes a long time and some people you know never never get to where they want to get to in a lifetime 
now some people believe that that's reachable in in further lifetimes i don't i don't have i don't have a goal currently i i i'm i'm enjoying i'm trying trying to enjoy the process as much as possible just to be clear i i don't i don't meditate regularly i've been doing more lately i'm trying to do you know i'm, I'm trying to keep it uh short enough that it's that i can actually keep it going because if i do it for too long it's, you know too much time involved and then i kind of drop off so i've been trying to do just a 10 minute meditation every day it does not happen every day i'll be fully honest with you but but i think again it's you know the this this rhythm thing and it comes in and it, it goes out and it comes back and so so i'm not i'm not fully fully invested in it currently i've got i've got a lot of other stuff going on not that it's not possible i know that it is it's just uh not something i'm making an enormous amount of time for uh, let me try to think where i'm trying to get to here yeah i think i think i'm i'm letting i'm letting uh you know the universe do its thing as opposed to 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 chasing it right now that would be i think the a fair a fair assessment of of what's going on you know having full faith in in the universe and 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 like you said like like the process so i i i'm not i'm not you know pushing it but i'm conscious of 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 it and for me that's that's enough right now does that make sense yeah yeah i've had a few you know i think glimpses into some some part of my 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 language but some pretty cool stuff that happened uh are you familiar with um sensory deprivation tanks uh vaguely yes vaguely so it's a big it's a big box filled with water the water has you know close to a ton of salt in it so you you float and the water temperature is the same as your skin temperature so you don't feel the water and it's fully closed off so there's no sound and there's no light so it's hmm. it's kind of a mindful mindfulness facilitator in a way if that makes sense uh where there's there's nothing else but your but your mind there kind of every every distraction is taken out of the equation and it's i've tried to you know describe what happened in in words but it was it was really hard it was it felt like um i don't know okay let me get into this because it might be you you might be able to give me some insight on on what was going on some sort of opening around the you know the sternum area in energy connection opening with the universe i'd say that's probably the best way to put it i felt drawn i felt i i i kind of gasped for a second as it was happening does that make any sense to you at all absolutely okay so that was that was pretty powerful that was really powerful that was probably the most powerful thing i've ever experienced and it happened i think two or three times during that first float that i did and at the end of the it, so the floats 90 minutes and at the end there's music that turns on and it happened again as the sound came on in in the tank and uh not too long ago when i was talking to my friend martin he was asking me for some fitness advice and as he was starting you know his his teachings i i, I told him and he wants to 
you know, make something out of it. And I said, why don't you record, you know, guided meditations? Because I've heard some, uh, you familiar with Sam Harris? No. You're not? Okay. I don't know what his titles are exactly. Maybe a thinker, philosopher. Uh, and he's, he, he wrote, uh, I think something, he wrote a book about spirituality without religion. Uh, and he, he, he has a few guided meditations that I've, that I've used in the past. So I thought my friend could do something similar. So he thought he would just make one for me to start with, uh, which he did. So he just made a, I think it was a 20 minute guided meditation that I, that I followed. And at the, and it was, it was kind of tough. I, I, I wasn't settled. My, 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 you know, head was everywhere. Um, so I said, I, I was kind of 30% there, I'd say, but then he started chanting because it's something he's, he's practiced over the last years and that same feeling happened again. And I hadn't, you know, experienced this in probably two, two or three, two or three years, uh, since the, the, the float tank experience. And, um, and I, I did a few floats after this, but I think I was expecting too much out of it. Like you said, if you, if you expect, if you, if you, if you, you know, want it to happen, it's probably not going to. If you want it too hard, you have to kind of let it happen, <laughs> which I was able to do on the first one. But then the further ones, I just nothing much happened. I fell asleep in one of them. The other one, I was just too sore from training. Mm. <laughs> it's just not great. I, I never got that, you know, the same effect as with the first one. Would, would you mind commenting on, on everything that I just said? I, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. So this is the, those deeper experiences you had are great it's a way for you to get a taste of these deeper experiences and deeper conditions. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most people never experience something like that. So it's yeah. good that you experienced it because now you know that, Oh my God, there's something really deeper, something transcendent happened. Yeah. Something that's completely experiential and subtle happened and I experienced it. So this isn't something you read in a book and all that. It's something you experienced. And that's good. That gives you, it's like the universe giving you a little encouragement saying, Hey, keep going. There's a lot more here. Yeah. Keep going here. I'll, I'll throw you a little crumb of the cookie. Now, now keep, you know, now keep going after the whole cookie. So it's good. And like you said, when you went into the tank the second and third time, you were expecting that wonderful experience and it didn't happen. Mm. So that's a, unfortunately, that's the truth that we, we have to let it happen and it doesn't always happen. So that's another thing. So one of the things in the tank and with the guided meditation audio with the chanting and stuff. So those are like little external tools that you used to help to create this experience for yourself. And yeah. it's good. Like I said, as long as you experienced it, that's the good thing. As you move forward, what you can do is actually not use any external tools or crutches. You can yes. just meditate yeah. with no music, nothing and get in the habit of that. And you can still experience those things, but now you're not dependent on an external thing. Yeah, I fully agree. 
yeah now that i think the difference is going to be uh a lot more patience and a lot of work right well yeah right some discipline and some work for sure yeah. just to meditate and to do it and you know you got to do it properly too again i want to mention that for you listening you can't just sit down and pretend you're meditating and just be thinking the whole time and say, oh, I meditate every day when really you're just sitting there thinking about work. We have to practice properly. It's like in the gym with you, Sean. You can't yeah. you know, pick up a three-pound weight and say, oh, I lifted weights for an hour. I mean, yeah, exactly. it, you know, we can't fool ourselves here. So if you get the proper training, you can you know, meditate properly and you can experience these things without any external prompting or anything like that. And that's important actually, because in the end, it's just you. So for instance, let's say you're going on a hike in the mountains and you just, maybe you're with some friends and you just stop and you just sit there and you can meditate for 10 minutes. I don't know, maybe you're just meditating for 10 minutes. You know, you don't have your salt tank. You don't have your guided meditation audio you don't have anything you yeah. just have yourself so ultimately we should just meditate ourselves without any external aids but that doesn't mean external aids are bad and it doesn't mean you can't use them <laughs> we can but we yeah. just have to again keep our own personal evolution in mind and realize that you know ultimately we're gonna have to have everything inside ourselves so I think it's great, your experience. I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I've personally had experiences like that even before I started meditating under the guidance of Charji. But since then, it's on a whole nother level. And yeah, it's deep. That's the thing. So again, to you listening to this, if you haven't had one of these transcendent experiences, you know, it's okay. And, but you can you can practice and you can you know give the opportunity to the universe to give you one of these experiences and then once you experience something like this then it changes everything because now you're not just walking down the street and talking to somebody and saying yeah i believe in spirituality i believe in the universe and all that where it's just theoretical knowledge you know it's intellectual thinking after you have a much deeper experience your whole view on it is changed. Then you know that it's real. You know that there's something there and nobody can talk you out of it. Right, Sean? No one can talk you out of that. No, that's right. You just you just know that it's it's just part of the, the whole equation now, right? So you have to factor it into everything. And, and like I said, sometimes it takes a back seat in your life, but it's it's still always there. And I find, going back to, you know, reading reading these books, I find that I, it's probably, you know, all these things are probably happening before my eyes, but I feel like when I'm more in touch spiritually, I notice more, you know, these, these things that happen that seem like coincidences, but that aren't. I don't know if there's a proper way to describe them. You know that you have a thought and you click next on your iPod and that perfect song comes on that relates exactly to that previous thought or talking about a, a certain subject with, with a uh, sorry, topic with, with somebody and they say a sentence that you, you know, maybe were, were rehearsing in your mind the past few days. So just, just stuff that happens. I, I don't, I don't have any better words to describe it, but 
kind of these cool little things that happen and i feel like i i notice them so much more when i'm when i'm in touch spiritually and then they they fade away and it's kind of a shame so yeah not, not only is there the there's these uh these great experiences that that happen and you know it's it's pretty mind-boggling really you know it doesn't first of all i think it doesn't fit in uh most of people's worlds and perceptions of the world to, to be able to have everything i think people want a lot of black and white but the world's mostly gray right people want either it's all about the mind or it's all about you know today's world and and what's going on but i think it's both and it's everything all at once but because it's such a you know a complex concept to wrap your head around people maybe are afraid of it maybe they can't just just can't wrap their heads around it because there's so much to think about and again these small connections these events and then everything else or the non-events you know for like you said a lot of the practice not necessarily is not necessarily going to be anything you know magical happening it's just a lot to think about and maybe that's that's something else that that scares people is how to how to fit in that spiritual aspect of your life with the uh, with the rest of it you know is is it all about the spiritual is it all about the rest or is it all about both and everything but then how how do you find the right balance between everything right absolutely yeah the balance is the key i mean we know that there's some spiritual reality out there there's or i should say there's more subtle realities than just you know money and food mm -hmm. and but we also need money and food we need to live yeah, in both do. worlds and it's good both worlds are good and a balance is good when you were talking about you know sort of this enlarged paradigm that spiritual people are aware of, you know, when mm -hmm. you realize that it's not just about getting a good job and making money and buying a house with the white picket fence and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. There's so much more. I think when each of us grows up, we get really, it, you could call it brainwashing. We get brainwashed into a certain paradigm. This is, this is the world. This is how the world works. This is mm -hmm. what you can do. And it usually goes unsaid, but this is what you cannot do. <laughs> and we believe it. We believe yeah. that's the world. That's my existence. And then as we grow up, we have these spiritual experiences. We, we feel deep in our gut that there's more to life than this. And we start practicing, we start reading, and then the world starts to open up. And some people can handle that paradigm shift that, you know what, the world isn't what I thought it was. And, 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 but, and other people cannot handle it. They can't handle it. They just can't even discuss it or, or practice it or, cause they just, they're afraid. They're like, no, no, this is the world. I have my job. I have my house. Everything's fine. Why are you trying to mess with it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fear of the unknown. That's, that's a, a common theme, I guess. Again, I'll, I'll draw a parallel, a boring parallel to, to the, <laughs> you know, the fitness world that I'm in. But a lot of people don't start training in the gym because they don't know what to do. They don't, they're not educated, right? And and it's not their fault. I mean, it's not like we teach you exercise science in the school unless you decide to do that. But mm. if you don't know, it's 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 hard. If if you just get somebody to simply explain or show you, 
it changes everything. So I think, yeah, fear. Fear is a big barrier for a lot of a lot of people, and it's not you know exclusive to spirituality or fitness. It's <laughs> it's in all things. Once once you once you once you can get past that, I think I think you can go very far. Whatever you're going after, um, I think once you you know get past fear, you, that's that's kind of the the biggest roadblock in the way. Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely. That all comes down to fear. And what did Jesus say? Uh, Perfect love casteth out fear. Was that the quote? I think so. You would know better than me. I think. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I think that's it. But basically, <laughs> on one side, you have love. On the other side, you have fear. So you can think of okay. it that way. Um, yes. And yeah. that's a little, again, love. What is love and all this, you know. It's It's words, right? And words are... They're just limited in, in what they can express by definition because every word is defined with another word. It's kind of a closed circle. Uh, so anything that doesn't fit in our language can't really be explained properly. Right, right. So we have to, each of us for ourselves, we have to reconcile our ex, our own personal experience with the word. For instance, when you were in that salt tank and you had that experience coming through your, it's probably your heart chakra, and you felt something and you felt connected and what, and you, whatever you felt that purity, mm-hmm. that ultimate subtleness or nothingness or whatever that is, that is what the masters call divine love. So in a worldly way, we say love, Oh, I love my wife. You know, I love ice cream and all that. That's different. That's all. That's just worldly in a way that's misusing the word love, but not really misusing. You're just using it in a different way. But yeah. in terms of divinity, love means the ultimate because it's that perfect feel, that perfect uh, nothingness, really. Anyway, I, I'm starting to get too deep. No, I, I agree, I think. But I think most of the, I think words aren't appropriate to describe anything that pertains to the spiritual world. I mean, people have, you know, People have done a, as good a job as they could with what they had as far as words. But again, there's a lot that I think doesn't translate because it's just the nature of, of our language, right? Totally. Our language was made to describe the, the physical world that we live in. Right. And it, was, and it helps you tell me your experience. So meaning when yeah. you tell me about the salt chamber and you let's say you use the word love. Ooh, let's say just for the heck of it, you said, Oh, Chris, I felt that perfect love or I felt God or the universe or I experienced something, whatever you use a word. Yeah. And I just by using the word, of course the word doesn't describe what you experienced, but by using the word and telling me, I have an idea of what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So if I say, Oh, I, I had, pizza for dinner last night you can say okay i know what pizza I'll is. picture the pizza yeah that's fine yeah. but so i'm not handing you a pizza you're not no. experiencing pizza no and but the word pizza just means that hey i had pizza and so okay cool yeah that's right yeah so so what's next for you sean uh i, was, I, I knew you were gonna ask that nah. um <laughs> and then I did um, because because really, what is next? Uh, what is next? I, I'm I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing right now, which is 
putting in the work to provide as much information and 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 help as much as many people as they can uh, with everything related to fitness. You know, spend time with my family. Uh, my little guy is two years old. He was two years old uh, two days ago. Oh. So, you know, he's uh, yeah. It's 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 a great experience to see that happening. To kind of be in charge of another little human, but kind of not because he's definitely his own thing. He's not just, you know, my wife plus me equals him. It's it's really interesting. It, it's a whole, you know, do you have children? No. Uh, it's 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 just a whole different ball game. <laughs> right. So to speak. And then and then again, you know, trying to figure out what to teach him, how to teach him, what's important or what's going to be important as he moves forward it's it's really interesting questions that you have to deal with as a parent i think it's 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 quite exciting so yeah that's that's what's next for me uh, family and then it's it's my business but I, I i i don't know how to word it but it's it's more than business for me it's not just about you know getting the dollars in it's it's a lot more it's something i've always wanted to do and and now I'm finally doing it. So I'm I'm doing what I love every day, which is pretty fantastic, as as you Definitely. know I'm sure. So I'm just gonna keep you know pushing in that direction, and um, I'm getting a lot of good feedback. So I'm I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, do what works, help people, you know, do the right thing in every situation possible. Very good. And I wonder if uh, maybe up in Vancouver. You and I might have to talk about organizing a Pause Your Life meetup up there. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so Pause Your Life is an organization my wife and I started more than three years ago, and we okay. we offer meetups and retreats. And we have meetups in six cities, and one is in Canada, so we are international. Okay. So we have a meetup, it's just a once-a-month meetup where... Local people get together and there's one person who facilitates the meetup. And the idea is that for the two hours of the meetup, we drop all of our baggage, we unload all the stuff we're carrying, and we press the pause button on our life. And we just step away from the mundane world and we just be a human being for a couple hours. And we meditate a little, we have a an exercise called the universe box where you actually unload all anything negative, any, any worries or stress or anxiety or fear. And then everyone just feels so good and light. And then we, then there's a discussion topic and we just, you know, discuss things for about an hour or a little more. And then, you know, usually you have some snacks, but it's just such a wonderful atmosphere that's created when everybody, usually it's small groups too, eight to 12, something like that. Okay. And, everybody just drops all their baggage and they drop all their differences and they drop all their opinions and it's there, there's no more politics there's no more anything it's just chris and sean and we're just we meditate a little and then we have a nice discussion topic about a general spiritual topic the experience or, i mean people just love this i mean in new jersey i think the meetup group is almost up to 600 people Oh, wow. And we have a really great group here in Colorado Springs. And we usually have an annual retreat as well. We've had two okay. of them already. We're going to have another one this year. But 
the whole idea of pause your life is we love it because it has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with philosophy. It doesn't even have anything to do with spirituality. It's just literally the fundamental concept of, look, in this world, everyone is so crazy focused and just running like a rabid dog after money and after everything and creating this life in the material world for themselves. No one ever really stops, you know, even when yeah. people go on vacation, they go, they come back from vacation and they're so tired. They say, I need a vacation from vacation. <laughs> so this idea of pausing and re- just giving the space for something special new or new to happen and maybe mm-hmm. a connection or maybe learning something. It's absolutely wonderful. So yeah, I, I think we should talk about it more off the air for sure. It's it sounds really uh, really interesting, right? Yeah, we actually have um, we have facilitators' notes. We have a whole agenda. Like we have the whole process scoped out. Like there's nothing, and we can even we even create the meetup group and people start signing up. And uh, okay. yeah, we'll talk about it offline. It, it really it's it's something. I'll tell you that. And you know, as a fitness trainer, that when you teach something, you learn a lot more. <laughs> You do, you do. I, I think I, I think the teaching process is one of the things I enjoy the most. Uh, one of the my favorite things to do is just Q and A's with people. Just sit down with a group and just they just fire at me and I fire back. Mm-hmm. And when I get out of these things, it's it's one of the you know one of the best feelings, one of the best highs that I can get. I think is just from just from sharing and and, and giving. I think it's it's pretty incredible. Right. That's great. That's great. Well, Sean, thank you for talking with me. I really appreciate this. I really appreciate your honesty and your, your candor. Thanks, Chris. I really feel I'm happy to be, you know, walking on a path shoulder to shoulder with, with you and others, all the others who listen to the mystic show. Yeah. And so I appreciate that. Well, thanks a lot for having me on. It was, uh, it was nice to to have an honest conversation like this. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll have to definitely talk some more. There's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> there, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it. That was fun. That was really cool. And I hope you got something out of that. I think a lot of practical situations, a lot of real-world questions and answers and, and tips were given. Of course, again, this is all just fuel for you to practice more, maybe meditate more and better and to really you know, up your game in the spiritual arena, even if it's just a little it'll make a big difference in your life if you have any questions about anything, feel free to contact me and have a great day, have a great week and as always keep shining keep shining